5: a big November, man. I know you were talking about it on the latest edition of the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast. we got World Series still remaining. Game six could go to Houston, it would conclude. Big-time college football games, you've, you've equated some of them to the playoff. You've got NFL games. we got the World Cup, too, man. I know you're, I know you're a huge soccer fan like Matt Jones, right?
2: Well, I, I may not be watching the World Cup, but uh, I know a lot of people do. But uh, it's probably not going to be me doing it. Yeah, it's a it's
3: a busy month here. I mean, you think basketball begins Monday? I know your schedule getting ready to just get tight, and uh, all of us if we're try- if you're trying to go to as many Razorback games as as you can. If you got season tickets to basketball and football, man, you gotta you gotta be organized right now. Next week it
2: really gets underway. I mean, it really does. And uh, you know, it's a basketball game Monday night, and then there's one Friday night. You know, for the LSU weekend in football, there's going to be a basketball game against Fordham on Friday night, and then you play at 11 o'clock the next morning in football. So you can watch the Razorback basketball team and the Razorback football team play a game inside 24 hours. All right, so who? let's get into this game tomorrow. Uh,
3: who's the quarterback? I mean, you talked about it in the podcast. You can download that right now at hitthatline.com. A lot of questions circulating around Liberty, and who will actually
2: go out and start the game, at least for, for them at quarterback. I would suspect it would be Bennett. Now, he's had the flu this week. He's missed a couple of practices, and I still suspect that he'll be the guy. Um, you know, he was uh, he was in a battle with Charlie Brewer, who played at Baylor and then went to Utah. And Brewer transferred there, and, um, you know, Brewer kind of won the job. And he got hurt, hurt his hand. So Bennett comes in, and they win while Bennett's in there. They also played a third guy who, uh, while both those guys were out, and he got hurt, and he's out for the year. And so the guy who's taken most of the snaps this week was a fourth stringer. But I can't believe that they'll start him in the ball game. They might end up having to play him. But if I was a betting man, I would bet that Bennett will start, and I would bet that Brewer will play. Brewer didn't throw against BYU. Why do
5: you think that was? Is it because he's still dealing with that wrist injury? Brewer? Mm-hmm. He came in yeah, like you said. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean, and 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 he threw some the first of this week, and his uh, and his hand swelled up again. Yeah, that's the reason he didn't throw. So he's, you know, he's had an injured hand. So here's the thing, though. Everybody that they've got's pretty much the same style guy. Sam Pedman said on Wednesday night, it probably matters a lot more to them than it does to us, because from a defensive standpoint. You know, none of these guys are really different than the other. Like, you don't have one who's a runner and one who's a pure passer. It's not like that. So, all these guys have similar styles, and so preparing for them is basically the same.
3: I would imagine, like a lot of weeks, Hugh Freeze, you know, comfortable with his offense, what they're going to do. Their concern is how in the world do they tackle K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders because that's been the challenge for the last couple of opponents.
2: Well, when you really look at Liberty, Um, this is not a you know an offensive juggernaut I mean you think of Hugh freezes teams as being you know wide open offensively but that's really not the way they've played I mean some of the games they've won I mean they beat UAB by scoring 21 points they beat Akron by scoring 21 points they beat Gardner Webb by scoring 21 points so um, you know it's not like they've just rolled up and down the field defense has been their strength now You know, when you look at them up front physically, they're not nearly as big. Arkansas is going to have a big advantage in terms of size. Obviously, they're pretty quick. They get to the quarterback in a hurry. I mean, they're among the nation's leaders in sacks. Both these teams have done a good job of getting to the quarterback. But um, they're not going to be real big on the defensive side. And, um, you know, we'll see. And I I suspect if Arkansas can avoid turnovers, that as the game wears on, Uh, they're going to wear them down. Chuck, you mentioned turnovers. Liberty is
5: outside the top 120. Now, they do force a a good chunk of them, do get some tackles for loss and some sacks, but I think that their carelessness with the ball is something Arkansas could take advantage of, similar to the BYU game, even though the Cougars didn't really have that issue.
2: Well, maybe. I mean, you know, you're always trying to force turnovers, and um, just because somebody's been prone to them doesn't always mean that you're going to force them but certainly it'd be good if Arkansas could, um, you know, this, uh, uh, you know, again, this is not an offense that scored a whole lot of points, and they've shot themselves in the foot sometimes, but uh, yeah, it'd be nice if you could force a few of those. You know, for the people that don't know the, the background or the, the history with Liberty, maybe Jerry Falwell
3: is your, your best reference point for this university. They're a fairly new uh, FBS team. This is not a team that's played on this level for very long, Chuck. In fact, it's, um, you know, they've only been a full-time FBS member for, what, four years? That This is their fifth 2017, season.
2: 2017. Yeah. 2017 was their first year as a as what I still call a D1 school. And, you know, it's really interesting. Um, you know, this school financially is okay. And one of the reasons you know that is is that they didn't join FBS as a member of a conference, I mean, they came in as an independent, and when you're no, when you don't have conference revenue sharing, when you don't have money coming in from a lot of different places, um, you look at the way they travel, you look at the way they run their program. Um, you know, they they've made no bones about the fact that their football program's the front porch of their university, and they've spent a lot of money on it. So most of the time, when somebody moves into you know FBS or Division One, it's in a conference because that gives them money. Uh, you remember when Arkansas State did it? That's mm. how they did it. And um, so, for them to do it that way shows that they've got money in the bank, number one, and they've made a real financial commitment to football.
3: To your point, six of their eight games, mainly their home games, have been televised on ESPN Plus. The only, you know, linear television games they've had is on the ACC network when they played Wake Forest. And they played uh, against BYU on ESPNU. So this will be just the third time they've been on, uh, you know, regular TV, as I call it, where it's not streaming. Well, and and
2: never underestimate the fact that they're playing an SEC team. You know, this is for for a school like Liberty. Um, Playing BYU is a big deal. Playing an SEC team is going to be an even bigger deal. And so I suspect that at least for a while it's going to be, you know, kind of like Missouri State. I think you're going to get their best shot. Doesn't mean they're going to win. Doesn't mean Arkansas won't play better than they did that night. But we saw Missouri State come in, and if you've been following their scores, um, that was by far their best night of the season. And I suspect that Liberty will come in and give a similar effort. We'll we'll see if Arkansas can handle it. Arkansas
3: got some guys back in the secondary last week, Chuck. Slusher and Johnson and Johnson all, all back. Besides just depth and having... Some experienced guys back. What did you think, as you've watched the game back and kind of reflected on it, what did they really add to the team last week? What what difference did they make?
2: Well, I, th- I, th- I thought they were, you know, when you play a team like Auburn, they're not going to beat you with a passing game. A lot of it's going to be run support. A lot of it's going to be containing that quarterback when he runs, um, forcing them into situations where they have to pass. And um, I just thought it was, you know, a situation where they weren't tested the way that they may be tested in some of these other ball games, But, you know, again, this is not a wide-open Liberty offense. This is not a team that's just thrown the ball all over the field. Um, you know, LSU, when you look at LSU, um, what's made them good is not their passing game. It's the fact that they're good up front and they've been able to run the ball and stop the run. Um, Ole Miss is a little bit different, Uh, Missouri tries to throw it with varying degrees of success, so I don't know that we're going to see the type quarterback that if there are still a lot of deficiencies back there, I don't know that we're going to see the type quarterback that can really expose all that.
5: Glad you don't have to play Hinton Hooker this year. Glad Tennessee's not on that roster because he can do what he did to Alabama. Who knows what he can do to that Well, you're
2: right. I mean, it's a good thing you don't play him. I mean, anybody that doesn't have to play him saying the same thing. I'm curious
5: about that Georgia game, if that defense will be able to do anything against them. But you bring up the quarterbacks and just kind of the rest of the way. I don't think Arkansas – I mean, Jay Daniels has looked better, but it's not like he's just this prolific passer. Darts showed some deficiencies even though they still have a pretty good offense. I just don't think you're going to have that same stretch that you had with Bryce Young, Jaren Hall, and Will Rogers, basically all back to back to back, like you're saying. I just don't see
2: that as big of a threat. That's just basically what I said. I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I mean, that's that's that, that's exactly the point.
3: Yeah, November set up to make a run here. I mean, you got the you got the teams in front of you. I mean, Chuck, this is where you you know this is where you determine the final grade. is in this month, you, you said it in your podcast: the the worth of the seasons weighed out here and. and You know, if you lose this game, it's certainly a damaging hit. The a win against Liberty's not going to uh, to set the final mark, but I like the way the schedule sets up with two SEC opponents at home. You can really um, change the perception of where you're at for this season in the next few weeks.
2: Well, you know, winning you know winning games at home's not automatic, but you know it is nice to be home. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you've got when you look back at the schedule now and you look at what's coming. I mean, you've got four games left, three of them are at home, and the you know, the road games at Missouri. That's taking nothing away from Missouri, but there are more difficult places to go in the league and win. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, you are in a spot. Schedule's got a lot to do with it. Schedule always has a lot to do with it. I think it's one of the most underrated uh, things that people look at sometimes when they're talking about what kind of season somebody's going to have. Where you play matters. And how the schedule lays out matters. And sometimes if you can just survive the toughest part, yeah, and there's no if you qu- can just survive the toughest part, you've got a chance to make a run down the stretch.
3: And I'm not sure what – I mean, yes, you've played BAM and you caught A&M when they were maybe in a li- little better point in the season. But outside of Alabama, I, mean, I don't think there's any debate about the next best two teams in this division are the ones that are ahead on your schedule with LSU no and Ole well. Miss. So, so far. So far. I mean, so far. What, Today, that's how you would you would you would stack them up after Bama. So, good opportunity to join that list and become one of those teams that's perceived as one of the two or three best teams in this league. And also, I think there's obviously still plenty to play for in the in the bull pecking order. You get them both
5: after Bama, too. LSU yeah, playing good. Alabama this yeah. weekend, and then Ole Miss getting them in Oxford next weekend. And we always talk about how tough it is to play another team after you play Arkansas. Well, Alabama's just as, and they're honestly more physical than the Razorbacks. So getting them after the Crimson Tide's, I think, a big deal when you talk about that setup in the schedule.
2: Well, you know, the reason, or the trade, when we lost the lsu game the friday after thanksgiving was we get to play them the week after alabama and i do think there's an advantage there um it's not a you know it's not an automatic doesn't mean you're all you know you're always going to win but i don't think there's any question that you know when you play a team the week after they played alabama they're going to be physically beaten up they're going to be psychologically beaten up and um, you know, you may have a key player or two out of the ball game. So that was the trade. When we lost the game uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving, ended up getting to play them after Alabama every year. Hey, I know a lot of people right now are in the housing market. You're paying attention to it every day. I want to recommend my friends at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, because here's what you get. When you hire an agent, and I hate to use the word hire, but when you partner with an agent at like your Realtors, the Griffin Company, you get a trained professional. Nobody trained better in the business. You get somebody that understands the market, every nuance, that knows how to negotiate, that knows how to get you the best price, and knows how to get you from contract to close. Those are the things you have to have if you're going to have a successful real estate transaction. But it starts with dealing with a real estate professional. And that's what you get at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. They've got an office in Fayetteville, another one in Springdale. They're in Bentonville and Fort Smith. They've just opened an office in Branson, Missouri. So you're going to see their yellow signs all around town, and you can log on to WeickerGriffin.com. Lane Kiffin
5: loves seeing his name in the news. In the latest Sports Illustrated article, he's quoted to say that Dion Sanders would do great as Auburn's head coach. Now, a couple of years back, it was reported that Gus Malzahn was one of the people that said that Arkansas should take and hire Chad Morris. We know how that turned out. <laughs> is this real? Do you actually think Lane feels that Dion would do a good job at Auburn? Or is this just a, I wouldn't mind having to go up against
2: Dion year after year? How do you
5: guys feel about his comments?
2: I think he was sincere. And, you know, I think you I think you underestimate Dion at your own peril. Um, I was not, frankly, when Dion got into coaching, I was not one of those who believed it was real. Um, I thought it was another stunt. I'll be very honest about that. I thought it'd last a year or two and then he'd move on, get back into TV or do whatever it is he was going to do. But he cares about those kids and that's what gives you a chance. You can't fool kids. They know when you care about them and they know when you don't. Dion cares about those kids. He's done a lot for that city. He's certainly done a lot for the historically black colleges and universities and their football. Um, He has brought attention uh, to uh, to his school and to his conference uh, in a way that no one ever has. And he can flat-out recruit because he has lived the life that all those kids want to live. And uh, they look at him as somebody they want to be like. And I think if Dion takes a Power 5 job, he'll be successful. Because never forget, guys, all the things that we used to look at and say that's going to get him in trouble, all that stuff's legal now. So, I mean, um, it's the wild, wild west. It's perfect for Coach Prime. I yeah.
5: think it helps his son being on the team as well. That's well, a huge part of the... Equation. When you talk about this, all you're
2: talking about just winning games. I'm talking about the way he's elevated the sport and the school, and he'd do the same thing anywhere he went. Where was Game Day last
3: week? Yeah, Jackson State. I mean, I mean, without Dion, do you think they're there? Of course not.
2: They'd be, you know, they'd be there whether his son played there or not. Dion's the attract. Dion's
3: the reason they're there. And you know, here's the thing: he can go to Auburn or. You know, if Lane went to Auburn, he could go to Ole Miss. I think. I think there's definitely a warming, um, you know, to, with ads. I mean, I'm I don't know this, but it, there seems to be a, a lot lo- higher level of pe- fan bases, and you would presume ads' willingness to give him a chance at a much higher level, and it's going to happen. Uh, the, Absolutely. The, the it's thing going is, to he doesn't have to go to this level to do what he's doing, a- and to, it probably makes a greater difference, honestly, Chuck, with what he's doing now. For all the things you just talked about,
2: the lives of the people—he's probably
3: making a bigger difference at the oh, level he's no at doubt.
2: than what he would at Auburn. No doubt about it. And um, you know, it would be a blow. It would be a blow to the historically black colleges for Dion to leave and go to a power five school. There's no doubt about that. You're but a a greater
3: um, impact there.
2: Yeah, but but I mean, but he's a not coach. He's
3: yeah, he's not, he, he's a competitor. He's not in it to you know, he wants to to
2: presumably win a national championship or compete for one well i think he's in it for both reasons and i think the reason uh the the things that we've seen at jackson state will give him a chance to be successful wherever he goes there's no doubt he wants to compete at the highest level
5: i wonder just if the allure of a power five sec job is enough and we've seen guys succeed at other levels of college football and not necessarily enough for
2: what enough to leave Enough to leave, yes. Well, yeah, it'd be enough to leave. Of course it well, would you, be. He's, you guys just, he's already said it would be. You guys, He's already said it would be. I don't know. You guys are
5: laying out all these different things, and I'm wondering if that would be enough to, again, keep oh, him. Oh,
2: I, I don't think for one single second that stuff's enough to make him stay. So is the Auburn no.
5: job appealing enough? Yeah. If it's offered, is there another job that you think he'd be waiting on? Is he waiting on Norvell to fail and Florida State, his alma mater? I mean, some guys will wait. We thought Kirby Smart was going to get a job forever. He was waiting on his alma mater to open up. Mark Rick was there forever. He was waiting on that one job. George is a great job. So that's, I mean, it's certain. certain No.
2: To answer your question, no. If Auburn offers Deion the job, he'll take it in a heartbeat.
3: Outside of Vanderbilt, there's not very many bad jobs on the national level in the SEC. I mean, uh, a guy like Dion's probably, if any, probably of 12 or 13 schools opened up. Chuck, don't you figure he's on the, the first private plane there? Can you
2: imagine Dion and Nick Saban? You want to talk about, we always say, when's Saban going to retire? What's going to drive Saban out of football? Coach Prime. Coach Prime might drive him back. Can you imagine what that would be like in that state? And in athletic commercials, the
3: shootings on those. Well, let yellow, me tell they're, you, they're you this. Let <laughs> me
2: tell you this. And anyone who's been in Alabama knows this. We uh, we make it out like, oh, you got to choose from birth, Alabama and Auburn, and yeah, you do. But eight out of t- eight out of ten people choose Alabama. The Auburn fan base within that state ain't anywhere close to what the University of Alabama's is, not even a ball game. Dion changes that the day he walks in. The day he walks in, everything changes in terms of where kids in that state go to college. And I'll tell you, you can sign a bunch of kids in Alabama and be nationally competitive. I'm just saying I agree with Lane Kiffin. I think he'd be a great choice. So
3: with all that being said, and I I don't disagree with anything you said, Why would you even put Lane Kiffin first on your list and not go get Deion? Because I don't know that Lane can change the equation in that state like you just talked about.
2: Well, you know, as I said from the very beginning, if I was an Auburn fan, I would want Lane Kiffin on my list. I would want Deion Sanders on my list, and those would be the guys that I would want. Hire either one of them. I think you'll be fine.
5: Lane's proven he's done in the SEC. That's what you brought up yesterday. But
3: he can't do what Chuck's done. I agree with Chuck. He can't go in day one and change the dynamics in the state the way Deion Sanders can do. He doesn't have
5: that cachet. Let's talk to Jimmy and Conway. Go ahead, Jimmy.
3: Top of the morning to you, fellas. Hey, let's talk about uh, Deion.
6: Chuck, you can speak to this probably. I'm sure you've heard some of this maybe over the years, but I heard an interview with Deion where he talked about The
3: impact that Bobby Bowden had on his life. Not only as a coach, but as a mentor and a friend. Uh, Took him to church. And I think he wants to be that for these kids. And it shows. And that's why they're so attracted to him, I believe. I mean, that's part of it. He's a superstar, and he was a world-class athlete, too. So he's got the total package. Now, I don't think he's been tested real well yet, but I
2: think he could do it. Oh. Well, you know, the one thing that he has not done, the one thing that he has not done is have media scrutiny on his coaching decisions, on uh, what he does on fourth and two. Um, you know, uh, there are going to be situations that come up that every coach has to deal with. And he's more unproven there from a head coaching perspective than some. But, my gosh, Dion's lived about every football moment you could live. I mean, there aren't any situations those kids find themselves on the field. He's not been there himself. So, uh, um, and there's nothing they're going to do that he's not done. That's for sure.
0: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month.
5: football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome with your first deposit make sure to use the promo code believe to receive your rewards that's b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts
1: you're listening to the bud light morning rush podcast bud light proud sponsor of arkansas
2: athletics Guys, I think my favorite part of the show now is hearing Tommy say regenerative. Yeah, regenerative The way medicine. it just rolls off the tongue. Just Trained. rolls off the tongue. Trained professional. Trained. Yeah, practiced. Yeah. You practiced.
3: That is, a, that, that is a word that uh, doesn't just naturally flow. No. Regenerative medicine. Regenerative, regenerative. regenerative That's medicine.
2: right. Yeah. So. Say that five times really fast, Ty advanced
5: regenerative medicine regenerative reg- yeah, <laughs> yeah.
3: Regenerative. see what I mean? I
2: mean see you're all for
5: one that's right i'm not a uh, <laughs> uh i'm not superb at the, uh, so. that too <laughs> well but what's m- the what's maybe, the most maybe di-
3: charlie brewer could use some <laughs> advanced uh, regenerative medicine on that hand
2: yeah Sleek. chuck
5: what's the most difficult name you've ever had to say in the booth
2: that you oh, to- i don't know i, I mean there's there's there, there's always a name out there that you know that uh, stands out. You look at every one of them every week, there's always one or two and there you got to practice. What was the BYU? I don't recall the one that was the most, most difficult. What was
5: the BYU's game against Fakahara? Fakahara
2: was... was his name. Okay. All right.
5: Yeah. Well, Tommy brought up Charlie Brewer coming off that wrist injury. The weather situation is looking better. Quarterback situation for Liberty is looking a little cloudier. I mean, how much gamesmanship is being played in this situation, Chuck? And how much of a chance is it actually that we could see four string quarterback Nathan Hampton tomorrow, or Nate Hampton tomorrow?
2: I doubt we see him. I mean, unless it's a mop-up deal. I think a lot of this is just talk. I think one of those two guys will play, maybe both. Um, you know, that's... Uh, um, just because a guy's battle the flu during the week doesn't mean he's not going to play. I mean, that happens all the time. So I, I would expect Bennett to play.
3: See what Miss Lisa... Thinks this. I bet morning. she's going the game. You going the game, Miss Lisa?
4: Well, sure, nice I'm going tonight. the game. That's
3: a sure bet, right there.
4: I, and in fact, I've got two extra tickets, but that's not why I called. Hang, hang I on, know. hang on, hang
3: on. If I get those tickets, do I get to sit by you? Yes. Now that's worth the price of admission, right there.
4: Well, I don't That'd know. Happy y'all. <laughs> I just got out of the hospital against doctor's orders that I'm even up here. Uh, My blood pressure went to 241. I didn't even know I was unconscious for eight days. And they sent me home. My husband's been taking care of me, but I'm up here I'm in Eureka Springs because my birthday is Monday. I'll be 64, so you'll have to play the Beatles song, you know, (laughs) about being 64. But I told my husband, I said, I've got a hospital at Eureka Springs in Fayetteville. If I die up there, I die up there. But anyway, the reason I called, the reason I called, yes, I'll be at the game, but we always go to Stadium Shop. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite store. And I'm a woman, believe it or not. <laughs> and my favorite store is Stadium Shop. I always go there when I'm up in this area. <clears throat> so, yesterday, we went to Stadium Shop. I saved more than I spent. Wow. Now, how did you do that? Does Robert know about this? Robert come out of his hole in the wall, you know, that he stays in. He had Elizabeth on speakerphone so she could talk to me. But anyway, I turned around. I'd been talking to their son, and all of a sudden I turned around, and there's Robert. And I told him, I said, man, you've got to get a commercial together because Robert does okay. Sounds like he just did one. He, well, he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer, <laughs> but he does all right. Let's just say that. But anyway, I hope, I, want listening. You, I
3: hope he heard that.
4: I hope he did too. But I want you people, when you go to the game tomorrow, it's down there by Bombs. Stadium yeah. go into to for the people that don't know. I think most people should know by now. Stadium Shop S H O P P E and they have a seventy five percent off rack. Well, now you can't beat seventy five percent off. No, well, you
5: sure can. Well. I think we're going to send him a bill for that yeah, guy. He's Robert Elizabeth, yeah. that was not free. You're yeah. going to getting you're, you're have to pay for that. Well, Miss Lisa, enjoy the game
3: tomorrow, so uh, I guess we know where she gets outfitted. But uh, I, I think there's a lot of people like Miss Lisa, Chuck, that hadn't been to the stadium in a month. It's been a while since the Hogs have played at home. Um, they're just excited to to get back this weekend and kind of get back in the the confines.
2: Oh, I think people are people are ready to go to a game again. People are ready to have a game in their own backyard. You look at what's going to happen the next three weeks. I mean, there's there's going to be if if you win, there's going to be build up to the next week. Obviously, if Arkansas wins tomorrow, they're going to be six and three. They're going to be bowl eligible. You're going to have build up to LSU coming. Uh, if you win that ball game, you're going to have even more build up with Ole Miss coming and. You know, if you're if you're really on a run by the time you go to Missouri, you're trying to close this thing out with a you know, what I guess would be a ninth win. So, there's um yeah, I mean, I think people are just ready to watch a game again, ready to go. I think there'll be a nice crowd tomorrow.
5: You were bringing up earlier this week, Tommy, and I thought it was a solid point the with kind of the finances being the way they are in this country with people having to choose between this game, LSU, and old miss down the stretch. We yeah, take yeah, three it. Three in a point. row. I, we, I
3: think that when you play three in a row at home and then you have such a long stretch with no games, you know, not not everybody, you know, lives in close proximity. You just heard from Miss Lisa. She's in northeast Arkansas. I mean, it's a financial commitment to to drive over. For some that's not a choice. But Chuck, we I mean, we've lived here our whole lives. We all lived here our whole our entire
2: lives. We know that some people have to make a choice on which games they're going to. Yeah, there may be people who sandbag a little bit, wait on the LSU or Ole Miss game. I don't know. This is homecoming, though, and I think that, you know, even though from a fan's perspective, it's not something that, you know, really gets you going, there are a lot of people, a lot of alums, who won't come to any other game except this one. They always come to homecoming. Doesn't matter who they're playing, they don't care about that. Um, they want to come back for homecoming. So there'll be some people that'll do that. I, I don't think this will be the biggest crowd of the three remaining games, but I think it'll be a big crowd. My favorite
5: homecoming tradition is getting a call from the UFA, getting peddled for donations. Happens every <laughs> homecoming, every single year, the week of homecoming, five years out of school, I'm getting asked to spend money that I don't near have. I think they just assume that the money that we spent up there was just – it, it wasn't enough, and that they continue need to need that. You're loaded. You can do it. I'm working radio. They need Very baby. much, very much loaded. not loaded. Very You're much loaded. not at all. I wish I wish that was the case, but it's not at all. I, I mean, homecoming, and we blasted y'all on Wednesday. Does it do anything for you? It doesn't do anything for me. I've got a friend or two I'll see this weekend. Maybe it's more when you get older and you have kids. You don't get to see everyone like you do, but... I, it's not homecoming. Well, is not a big issue. That's what
2: I was saying. I I've, I don't I don't think for fans it's one of those things that moves the needle. But as you say, I mean, you're not uh, you know you're not bringing kids back and telling them about all the things you used to do when you were <laughs> a college kid. I, I mean you're not to that age yet, and I think that there are people that are at that age and they will come back for this game. And and look, it's not your necessarily your diehard fan. It's not the guy that can tell you what KJ's stats are. They may not even know Rocket went over 1,000. May not live in Arkansas anymore. But uh, they'll come to this game, and yeah. that may be the only one they come to. You bring up
3: Rocket. He's had a string of 100-yard games. Are, do we see another one this week?
2: Got a, you know, got a pretty good chance for it, yeah. I mean, what is it now? Eight or nine games in a row they've had a 100-yard rusher. Um, I think Hornsby was the 100-yard rusher one of those games. Yeah. But um, – yeah, I think, uh, I think he'll have that opportunity. Rockets done in six
5: of those eight games. I think yeah. that's what we yeah. did. 1,041
3: and... yards. I, I think when you look just at season stats and a few things, the thing that jumps out to me, guys, though, is K.J. Jefferson. And for, for some of the grief he's taken fairly and some unfairly about the accuracy of his passing, you look at his touchdown to interception – ratio right now. Fifteen touchdowns. Chuck just the one interception. That that to me of, of all the season stats is the one that jumps off the page for me.
2: Thirty nine touchdown passes, six interceptions as the Razorback quarterback. That's a sixteen more rushing touchdowns. By my math, that's fifty five touchdowns, six giveaways. Um, you know, um he may not be the most accurate passer in NCAA football, but he doesn't throw picks, generally speaking. You know, and and um in his time as a starter at Arkansas on the road, he's thrown one pick, and that was the Hail Mary halftime of the old miss game. Mm-hmm. So um you know meaningless. he's uh, um again, he he may not be the most accurate passer I don't know how he's going to grade out in terms of draft position. I don't know if he's going to grade high enough to go at the end of this year. But I know this, he values possession of the football, and uh, he doesn't get you beat. And so, um, you know, that's uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good place to start. And that's what made the
3: bowl game because, you know, they made the bowl game last year a little more uncharacteristic for him. Yeah. Last year against the Burks, And
5: I, I think Alyssa Orange of the Nation was telling me this that he has, you, you mentioned that ratio, which is a six and a half to one touchdown to interception ratio. I think on the road, he has 19 tutties and only two picks. That's a That's a pretty good ratio right there. Where as was well. the
2: second one? Where was the second one? It was Ole
5: Miss, and then she she mentioned it, and it's escaping me, Chuck. But I, It I do might have
2: him, been in that first year. might have been in that first year it, when he played, it maybe. It could have been, but yeah. I, I was like I, – I just
5: heard that out loud. I was like, on the road in that SEC 19-2. Yeah. I was just like, dang, that's awesome. So, yeah, KJ's been pretty good. Maybe even that, that
3: Missouri game where he filled in. I don't know. But, could have been. But he, Point is, he takes care of the football, and 15-1 to 1 it, for yeah. this year jumps yeah. out, you know, 1,041 yards from Rockets, pretty impressive, but 15 touchdown passes, six rushing touchdowns for KJ this year, one interception. Yeah,
5: we're talking about coming home. Another good thing about this weekend, official visits are back. Coach Pittman touched on earlier this week. Three o'clock is a perfect game time. That's what Kevin wants to talk about this morning. Go ahead, Kevin.
6: Hey, guys. Uh,
4: So my question is, uh, well, it's kind of a series of questions, actually, but what is the... uh, Difference between official visit and unofficial visit, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah either or, can the university are they allowed to
6: pay for any of the like travel or any of that stuff? Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how does any of that work. So David, on, that's a
5: good question. Yeah, on official visits, Tommy just referenced the money the university pays for the transportation. They pay for the tickets. They pay for the food. They pay. It's I mean it's an all expense pay. We were joking. The Archie Manning trip didn't they didn't Texas spend over like two hundred grand for that weekend or something? And you're not going to get that typically from an Arkansas recruiting weekend. But the unofficial visits, you got to make it on your own way. Got to get a ticket. You supposedly have to pay for. I think they provide the ticket on the
3: unofficial,
2: but but yeah, you can provide the ticket.
3: But but everything else, you're right on. And is it five or six that an athlete, Kevin, I believe, is allowed? It's either five or six official visits that you can make. At various institutions, so I mean, it's not an unlimited all-you-can-eat buffet of official visits you can I, go on. I so, say so. that'd be a, that'd be a lot of paid weekend vacations, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice if they they, but I, I One of the recruiting it's experts wanted it It's five or six that they get to go on total. So, uh, but you go on as many unofficial visits as as you want. So, yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of people get confused. And hey, don't get me into dead periods and when live periods and. All that you got to get a calendar out to, from the NCAA for that, but uh, that's why it's always uh, interesting to know, Chuck, who's the official visits. That means the U of A wants to spend some money on them, and the unofficial guys are guys are you know glad to have around as well.
2: Well, a lot of the guys that you have on official visits also come on unofficial visits, sure, mm-hmm. and uh, not always, but a lot of times that happens. Hey, I want to talk to the motorcycle riders for just a second. Whether you're a new or a seasoned rider. Bradford Marine and ATV invites you to come explore the new Riker Motorcycle by Can-Am. Now, it's got this new twist-and-go automatic transmission. Effortless is the word that I've heard people use. It's state-of-the-art technology, and it puts you in control on every curve, or... You can step up to the all-new 2023 Can-Am Spider motorcycle. It's got a muscular design. It's going to push the limits of performance. And they've also got special financing available. No payments, no interest for the rest of the year. Visit Bradford Marine and ATV. Start your Can-Am open road adventure today or visit BradfordMarine.com. You talk
5: about official visits there is going to be a slew of them in baton rouge louisiana and athens georgia mm-hmm. this weekend if you're a recruit getting recruited by all four schools which the five business, stars are yeah, yeah which one are you choosing which atmosphere are you going to assuming that kirby nick josh and all those guys have invited you which one are you going to this weekend well, probably the one i hadn't been on an unofficial to yet
3: So, I mean, we were talking about that. So, if I hadn't been, well, there's a difference in being a
2: recruit and being a fan. I, I, I I mean, if you're a fan, um, you know that's one thing. If you're a recruit, it's got to do with your schedule, your maybe your high school schedule. Um, there's there's just lots of different factors. I mean, being a fan and being a recruit, two different things. Yeah, I
3: mean, I'd like to be between the hedges, but that that'd just be me. But uh, yeah, it it, it's not a shame for the league. It just shows shows you the power of this conference. Normally, the Bama LSU game is the marquee game of the entire conference schedule. This year, it's, I won't say it's not an afterthought, but it's clearly game number two in the nation's eyes. So, I mean, that tells you, um, you know, Tennessee, I don't know, is a complete surprise, but I'm not sure, Chuck, how many thought Tennessee would be number one in the country come November?
2: Well, I don't think very many people had that on their card at the start of the year. I didn't. And, you know, they won the biggest game of the year. They won the most watched game of the year in college football this year. And that's – you know, Tennessee's one of these programs that, even though they may have been dormant, uh, they're still among, at least what the nation views, as the upper half of the SEC, one of the elite programs in the SEC, one of the programs you think about when you think about the Southeastern Conference. And um, so, yeah, I mean, Tennessee, Georgia, it's a – I mean – I think all this has more to do with the fact that LSU may not be vintage. They just fired a coach. They got a new coach coming in. Um, if LSU's unbeaten or if LSU has one loss, um, you know Tennessee and Georgia would still be the game, but you know, you might get a little more out of the LSU-Alabama crowd.
5: A lot of comparisons have been made for the Tennessee team this year to that 2019 LSU, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards, Lair. I mean, Jalen Hyatt's really the marquee skill position player on Tennessee. Do you guys see similarities between that national championship team, that Heisman Trophy winner, and what Heupel, Hooker, and Hyatt are doing down there in Knoxville this year?
2: Well, I think the only similarity, frankly, is the record. Because, I mean, Burrow and Hooker are completely different quarterbacks. uh, Completely different quarterbacks. And um, so, I mean, I haven't heard anyone make that comparison. I think, you know, obviously the LSU team is a great team, and um, Tennessee's got a whole other month left. I, I mean, they got a month left. And um, I'm not ready to, you know, make it a coronation for them yet. I mean, they. Um uh, they've not proven they can handle all this yet. It's not going to be easy for them Saturday. Their big yeah, but, wins but, have
5: come at home. Yeah. They got to do it on the road this weekend. But if they beat
3: Georgia,
2: well, they beat
5: LSU pretty good. Yeah,
3: and that and that win looks better and better and better yep. as as the weeks go on. If they beat Georgia, though, they got Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt left. I mean, it really boils down to that point. You know, the SEC championship games. Can you they,
2: beat Alabama again? Yeah. If they and, can do it twice, and then they're, the, they're the, I, I, don't, I don't see Tennessee—I don't see any of those three teams, Alabama, Tennessee, or Georgia, being good enough, or being so much better than the rest of them that they're going to beat them both twice. Now, they won't have to play Georgia twice, but if they beat Georgia, they're going to have to play Alabama twice. I'd be picking Alabama in that game. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess there could be a
3: backdoor way they could play again in the three times in the in the playoff, hundred percent. No, maybe so. No, no, yeah, I mean, maybe so. Play Georgia. Maybe, so.
2: Play Georgia maybe so. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's possible they could play Georgia again if they played, you know, in the in the playoff. But 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 the point is, is that um, you know, for Tennessee to get there, you know, uh, for Tennessee to get there, they're they're to the point right now where. You know, sometimes when you lose matters as well. Yeah. Um, if Tennessee loses in this month, can they get back in the college football playoff picture? Whereas Alabama lost to Tennessee earlier, If they run the table this month, win the SEC championship game, they're in. <laughs> um, so, you know, some of it matters when
3: you lose. Do they allow them cigars inside that Mercedes-Benz dome there in at Atlanta? <laughs> we, we, right. we may be finding out in about a month if cigars are allowed in there because... We could have Cigar Game Part 2 coming up. That'd be awesome. uh, That'd be awesome if you're, you know. But, you know, Arkansas fans have it ingrained in them a little bit to to hate Tennessee. And we played them for a long time every year, and those games didn't go so well.
7: First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank, we are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking first western with locations throughout northwest arkansas and the river valley and online at firstwestern.com exceptional financial services all in one place first western bank member fdic equal housing lender
1: you're listening to the bud light next morning rush podcast bud light next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories
5: I know when we go to the stadium shop and see our friends Robert and Elizabeth Mann, Robert always brings out the Apex Razorback jersey, which is jerseys that we just wish we could forget. It is National Jersey Friday, apparently. So I want to know y'all's opinion on the best football uniform you've ever seen. I really like, and I'm not a Denver Broncos fan, but I like those Elway Atwater Orange Crush uniforms that Mm -hmm. they used to wear back in the day. I just thought those were really cool. Hey, I got to tell you, you know, I'm no Tennessee
3: fan, but I like those uh, what they call them dark mode. What, no, what, what they wore for Halloween last week that that black with the with the orange. Now I thought those were pretty slick. I, I I'm not a Tennessee guy, but I like those uniforms.
2: Dallas Cowboys uniform, yeah. Dallas Cowboys. But what what'd you would you think when Arkansas kind of emulated that 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 one game? Well, I don't I don't know that that's the best idea they've ever had, <laughs> yeah. but um, it was uh, looked like Ohio know, State or something. It was well intentioned. Yeah. I'll just put it that way. It was well intentioned, but um, I don't know that that's the best idea they've ever yeah, had.
3: My, an intention to honor Jerry a little bit, but anyway. yeah, my well.
5: image from that game is Austin throws that picked in the game, and he's walking off the field just. Slams his helmet on the yeah. ground. And that's a, and I and I Austin. I threw a beer on the ground too, man. I was ticked too. I was. Yeah. We just can for whatever reason. It's that A and M game. Every single year, we find a way to lose that game. Blows my mind. Yeah, variety of ways. But yeah, that's. I know we have a lot of now. What's the best Arkansas jersey that, that I'm partial to? 06 and 07 yeah. D Mac days. But that's. I don't know
3: if I can walk you through the lineage of it. But I, I'm. I guess I'm an old guy. I mean, I just like the, the traditional clean. You know, red red jersey and, and white tops, and and get rid of the white helmets. In my opinion, but that's 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 just me. I guess I'm an old man.
2: I like the uh, I like the DMAC era jersey. Um, I thought that was a good looking uniform. And and you know they've worn something pretty similar, yeah. you know, ever since. Uh, that's that you know that is one thing Chad Morris did. Um, we kind of went through a little uniform. Uh, maze there for a bit. I mean we couldn't figure it out. And uh, that is one good thing Chad did. He said, uh we're gonna bring back those those uniforms. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, I'm glad they did. I think it's a good looking uniform.
3: What Chuck really misses though is the gradient numbers or the num or they or the uniforms where the numbers are the same color as the jersey nice. where you that's what Chuck really liked, right? You
2: know, we played Rutgers <laughs> one year. Rutgers came in with white jerseys and silver numbers. And uh, that was a nightmare. You know, Petrino, um, Petrino had it in his head that if they would have really small numbers, the other coaches wouldn't be able to as effectively watch film. I mean, he believed that. And I noticed, in fact, I told Matt Zimmerman and Phil, who helped with his spotting in our booth, I said, now, when we play Missouri State, they're going to have little numbers. Because that's his M.O. And sure enough, they show up and they it's the smallest numbers. Alabama's always had the biggest numbers. So I've always loved Alabama's uniforms because it's just plain and simple and all that. But um, yeah, Petrino had it in his head that the smaller the numbers, the more difficult to scout. So um, that's why we had those small numbers for the Bobby Petrino era. Chuck, I got a
5: question real quick. When, when you're doing the game, what is the binocular to non-binocular ratio? Like how many times do you, you pull those suckers out? And <laughs> oh, you pull them
2: out a lot. I mean, you use them a lot. I, I don't know what the ratio is, but you use them quite a bit depending upon where they are on the field, the situation, and all that. So, I mean, you got to have them. That's for sure.
5: Right. National Jersey Day? is that- Apparently it's National Jersey Friday National- on Senior Night for many of our you wear end. jerseys out? Do I wear jerseys out? What's the no, age cutoff? What's the no, age cutoff Remember one. we had this debate last year and people were yeah. up on that. I think it's I think it's close to college age, man. I think once you get past that, if you're a I mean if you're thirty, even your thirties you're the, wearing jerseys. The
3: only exception I'll grant a grown man. Is if he's going to wear one to match his small, to to match his child going to a game? I'll, I'll <laughs> grant it's kind of like carrying a glove to the ballpark if you don't have a kid with you. You know, we need to put a, put this
2: person on a watch list. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> you know, so a forty year old guy wearing a Pujols jersey is a no go. See, gray area, yeah. gray area. Yeah. Now, now it's different than a forty year old guy. I'm going to go to a Cowboys game and wear, a, you know, wear a Troy Aikman jersey. That's a little bit different.
3: I can tell you where the line completely is drawn, and that's, right. that's basketball jerseys. If you uh, well, <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> if you're a grown man wearing, one, particularly with no undershirt, we hey, need to have a
2: long discussion. You got to have the, uh, you know, you don't need a dad bod guy at fifty five wearing one of those, uh, you know, tight football jerseys. What I've seen men do,
5: middle aged men, is they'll wear the jersey over a tucked in. Polo, like long yeah, sleeve button that, down. That looks and pretty I, dorky. That was the compromise with the wife. Yeah. yeah and that I, looks pretty dorky. I just kind of sit there looking up for seconds like, dude, you might as well just wear the jersey, man, yeah, and, and those, nothing else. That looks
3: really good there with your Colhan, sir. That <laughs> looks really yeah. good. Hey, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush daily question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Find them online at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the morning rush is
1: presented by Baxter Health. Compassionate care beyond
5: measure. Now, real quick, Jamie brings up a great point before we move back to Liberty. Ladies are always welcome to wear crop top jerseys. That is always okay, Jamie, to end that. All right, KJ Jefferson, kind of like last week. I think you got a clear quarterback advantage. Last week it was Robbie Ashford. This week it's either going to be Bennett, Brewer, whoever. One's coming off an injury, one has the flu. He'll play the four-string quarterback. You think about what KG and the offense has done, 93 points the last two weeks. Guys, they're almost averaging eight yards per play against Auburn and BYU.
2: The offensive line's playing at a level that we've not seen in a while, and I think that allows them to do everything. Um, You know, when you can – and Coach Pittman talked about this on Wednesday night. You know, they can throw on first down now with full confidence that if they throw an incompletion and they want to come back and run the ball on second down, they're going to get five, six, seven yards and put themselves in a third manageable situation. So um, I just think the play of the offensive line has made everything possible. Uh, It's allowed K.J. to be better. Uh, It's made Rocket better. It's allowed them to disperse the football more effectively when they throw. Um, when your offensive line's clicking, you can do pretty much anything you want most of the time. Not always, but most of the time. And I kind of think that's where they are right now.
3: And when you're living off first down, it makes third down so easy. Looking at that number, fifty percent conversion yep. rate—that's fourth yep. in the league, but fourteenth in the country. Chuck.
2: Yeah, I mean they've been good, and and uh, if you're good on third down, it's because you're good on first and second down, and. If you're not going to be good on first and second down, it generally means you can't run the ball. And Arkansas has been able to run the ball, and that's the reason those numbers just keep going up in my opinion.
5: I've been really encouraged what I've seen from Matt Landers the last 2 weeks. He has 3 touchdowns against BYU, over 100 yards against Auburn, and me and Tommy were kind of talking about this earlier this week. I don't know if he's going to bust 100 again, but he has been a guy that KJ's looked to and what he you brought up what you were talking with coach on Wednesday, Chuck. He's talked about that a lot of times K.J.'s look look at Burks. Well, he'd be looking at Burks if he was the quarterback, too, but he feels very confident that K.J. is distributing the wealth of sorts.
2: Well, and, and look, K.J. gets a lot of the credit for that, but I'll go back to the offensive line. He's not rushed. He's not under duress. Now, I'm not saying every single time he's got a perfect pocket back there. I mean, we've seen K.J. beat K.J., and that's when, man, he takes over. And, you notice now when he's moving around back there, his eyes are still downfield, and that's you know that's the maturing of a quarterback right there. So, um, you know, KJ gets a lot of credit, Rocket gets a lot of credit, but you know, and and you talked about Matt Landers. That's all a product of the offense. It, it's not as though you know Matt Landers done a better job of getting open. I mean, you know, it's not like that. It's all a product of the offense.
3: So is this a running offense or a passing offense? Because I don't think statistically. The balanced yeah, offense. Yeah, I don't think you've ever seen, you know, they're basically within a yard of each other on season average uh, of rushing and passing. I've never seen a situation this deep into the season where you're this statistically balanced.
2: Yeah, and, and it does go back to being able to throw when you want to. Um I, I do think running the football is the most important thing. If you're not a running team in the sense that you can run the ball, you're not gonna be a good offense. Yeah. But um yeah, I mean they are balanced and the way that line's playing right now, they're pretty good at whatever they try. Sixth
3: in the country at rushing the football two forty five a game. Is, is there any do you get a sense when you talk with coach or, or any sense when you're inside the the building over there that being the best rushing offense in the country is something they'd like to go after? Or is is that even a conversation that anyone other than media people have? Well,
2: I think media people have the conversation about where you stack up statistically. Um, Do I think at the end of the year it would be a point of pride? Sure I do. Uh, You know, but, um, you know, again, if if I was an offensive coordinator, if I was a head coach, I would take the most pride in the fact that they've got real balance. And, And I don't mean just like, you know, um, they're averaging 180 yards apiece. I, I mean, you know, I, I didn't realize this, frankly, until it was pointed out this past weekend that, you know, last year Arkansas averaged over 200 passing and over 200 rushing. It's the first time in 50 years they've done that. Um, and the average is going to be even higher this year. So – um. You know, when I look at what they're doing right now, it's 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 the balance that makes them great. but you're never going to be balanced if you can't run the football first.
5: Tommy, I thought Brown sucked, though. I thought he should get <laughs> fired and get another job. I mean... RG3 said that uh, Auburn needs to poach I, him. I did see that. I did see he that. He yeah. needs to be quiet. RG3 so needs to be quiet. I think it would be really entertaining to see those same well, fans that think... Kendall needs to be fired if he was hired somewhere else in the SEC. Well, he's going
2: to get a raise. I feel pretty certain of that. He's He's going to get a raise. He earned it. You know,
5: everybody's worried about Odom the last couple of years. Odom was the
3: guy who's going to leave. I think this year it's different. I think. It's going to be switched around to the other side of the ball when
5: fans concern over an OC league. Kendall's not perfect. I think everyone knows that. And there's times that the plays that he calls are frustrating. But, I mean, stats, I know they're not everything. They're but
2: frustrating it, when they don't work.
5: Yes, and that's what Coach Pittman talks about. But it also, call that other play. Yeah, I mean, everyone was so mad about trick plays this year. And one of the crucial plays of the game this past Saturday, they ran a tr- trick play on third and two from the goal line, and Rashad got in the end zone, and it wasn't even close. Yeah. I mean, well, really I think as when people with think
2: play. of trick plays, they yeah. think of like double passes yeah. and throwing it back to the quarterback. I mean, direct snaps are you know That's they're not, not all that uncommon. But if really. it
5: wouldn't have worked then it would have gone scorched earth. Why is KJ not Well, I don't ball? know.
2: Now, if they'd run a double pass and it hadn't worked, it would have gone scorched earth. But, I mean, direct snaps are fairly common.
5: No Philly-Philly near the goal line play that's been used. And actually, Arkansas, I think, was the first one that ran that play before Nick Foles did it in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, I think Kendall's going to get a lot more looks and you mentioned the race. The question I wonder, is it going to be offensive coordinator looks or is it going to be head coach? Has he done enough? Because Barry has, and he's been in that role before. Is someone, is an athletic director, seeing the development of K.J. Jefferson, the Arkansas offense that we've talked about being as balanced as it is, is that enough to convince someone that Kendall Bryles is deserving of a head coaching position?
2: I don't know. It just kind of depends on the situation. Uh, I mean, to me, uh, you know, when you look at what he's done here, I mean, he's, he's certainly been a great coordinator. Whether or not somebody wants to hire him as a head coach, whether or not he'd, I don't think he'd be a head coach at the SEC level, or uh, you know, if you're saying that. But um, I don't think, for example, I don't think Arkansas is going to get outbid if somebody wants to hire him as their offensive coordinator. And um, you know, if you're going to take a head coaching job, first off, you got to be offered one, mm. and um, then hopefully you have a chance to be selective about what you do. You know, to
3: me, I would worry like you know if I say Sonny Dykes gets a, a bigger, better offer to leave TCU. I mean, that those are the kind of jobs, I think, where the Bryles name carries a little more weight, being back in Texas. You know, a job like that, you know, in the state of Texas might be the ones that, that might be a little more concerning if, if you don't want to lose your OC.
2: Mm-hmm. I it. think when you've had a place where you've had a really successful run, um, it's difficult to hire someone who's not been a head coach because you run the risk of taking steps back. I think you contrast that with the situation we found ourselves in when we hired someone who had not been a head coach. We didn't have anything to lose. I mean, we were at the bottom of the barrel. I mean, we were looking up at everybody. We didn't have anything to lose. Yeah. Um, so I think it's more difficult to get a job as a non-head coach at a, at a place like TCU than it might be somewhere else that's, that's scraping the bottom. And then you've got to decide, can I rebuild there? Um, you know, Kendall Bryles is still a young man. You know, Kendall Bryles, Sam Pittman was in a spot where, you know, he was pushing 60. I mean, that was it. Yeah. You know, this was going to be it. Um, Kendall Bryle's not quite in that situation. But Sam
3: Pittman was a familiar name, and I think that's why I point out Texas. You need a, if you're going to hire a someone without head coaching experience, it better be a familiar name to your fan base and your donors and your administration, and on
2: and on and on. And, but if Arkansas and if had been, was. if Arkansas had not been in the situation they were in, they would not have hired Sam Pittman, and I say that respectfully. I I, I think it's one of the best hires we've ever made. But if uh, if if say it had been a successful program. At the time, and Chad Morris had gone to be a head coach somewhere else because he'd built Arkansas into a power. I don't think they would have hired someone with no head coaching experience.
3: When we were fawning over Hunter check for staying in Arkansas earlier this week, I, I pointed that was a risk, and the, probably the biggest oh. risk Hunter check has taken, and it's worked out. Sometimes you you roll the dice, and it it comes up the right number. Do you avoid that's seven. exactly
2: right, and so. and that's uh, you know sometimes you uh, you got to catch a break and. Um, I'm not saying that he took a flyer on Sam Pittman. I don't believe that at all. But uh, there's no question it was a risky hire. Let's talk to Ryan in Hot Springs. Go ahead, Ryan.
6: Hey, how's it going? Good morning, guys. Hey, Ryan. <clears throat> uh, we were talking about K- – when y'all were – I'd call him in waiting because we, y'all were talking about KJ and the fans and stuff. You know, I don't think gets really enough talked about enough that, you know, I, I honestly believe he, by the time his time is done at Arkansas – he, he's going to be one of the most beloved players, at least in my lifetime, probably at least since Matt Jones with the, from the rise and fall of where we were at. And, you know, he, he was there to help put out the ashes or put out the fire and then help us build from the ashes and wherever that, wherever this, the ceiling is. I, and I don't know what that is, but he, he helped laid the foundation for that. And I think he'll be remembered for that. Um, Y'all were talking about jerseys. I'm a Bronco fan, and uh, so the the '90s, early 2000s, the uh, the dark blue with the orange stripe mm-hmm. is uh, for my pro team. And then the uh, the Arkansas jersey that uh, the 2010, 2011 is probably my favorite. My, at least the the I love the the, the pants. They had say the Arkansas and the Razorback on the on the on the outside of the thigh where the where our stripe is now. I like those but I like our now jersey top better. I wish we could mix the two, but uh, that's kind of my two thoughts. And uh, I hope you all have a great day. Uh, Let's go beat Liberty. Go Hogs!
5: Thanks, Ryan. I remember a story that K.J.'s North Panola High School coach told us on this program that one of the things K.J. thought was appealing about Arkansas is a program that he could help build back together, and we've seen that in the last couple years, not only with him, as a starting quarterback, but even learning under Felipe Franks. KJ didn't have to stay here when they brought in Felipe Franks, but he decided to, and I think that's also an underrated aspect of what KJ has been to this football
2: program. Hey, I don't know if you guys have heard, but Baxter Regional Medical Center is now Baxter Health, and when it comes to health and healing, there's no place like home, and that's what Baxter Health's all about. They provide compassionate care beyond measure. That's their mission. They want it to feel like home. Now, they're a magnet recognized healthcare facility and they offer a wide variety of specialized care neurosurgery, cardiothoracic surgery, interventional cardiology, urology, comprehensive women's health, infectious disease, pain management, orthopedics. The list goes on and on. They also have family medicine and physical therapy clinics that are now accepting new patients throughout 11 counties in Arkansas and Missouri. And if you'd like more information, you can visit BaxterHealth.org. Baxter Health, compassionate care
3: beyond measure. Chuck, the basketball season begins Monday night. What do you think the past four, five, six days have been like for Eric Musselman and his team after, uh, after the trip to
2: Austin? Well, I think they've been probably practicing pretty hard. I think they would have been either way. Um, I think you're preparing for the you know, you're preparing for the season now, and everything is for keeps. And so um, you know, I, I, I do think one of the valuable things that comes out of that Texas game, and it was an exhibition game, is that, you know he said that once we get to the regular season, our substitution patterns are going to be a little bit different. And um, I think you'll begin to see that now. But I think more than anything, it's just, you know, these guys have to familiarize themselves with one another. There may be some other ugly nights. I don't know. Um, lots of times there are early in seasons. And we tend to overreact to losses early and overreact to wins early. Um, you know, it's it's uh, everything's a setup for what happens after New Year's. We so got to go I was just saying. so what's important
3: to see in these first few games before they go to Hawaii? What What do we need to see – Monday night and Friday night and the and the following game before they, you know, play, I think, three important games that kind of set a pace for your season over at the Maui Classic. Well, they, they
2: certainly, you know, are games people will pay attention to. you got to cut down on turnovers. I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, when you've got a new collection of players together, that's going to be the thing that that generally hurts you offensively. And, you know, there's, there's a much greater aspect of team defense than maybe – Sometimes we realize as we watch a game, and I'm sure that that's going to be a real key for them too, as something certainly their coach is going to be watching for. But um, protect the ball, value the ball. Um, I, think, I think that's the first order of business. Biggest question on this team is who's going to be
5: the lunch pail guy, who's going to get the rebounds, who's going to be the, the dirty guy. And I, I still, with Jalen losing Jalen last year, it's down between the Mitchell twins, Graham, and Trevin Brazil. That's the biggest question mark on this basketball team, and someone has to fill that out, or that's going to be an area that people are going to just kill all season long.
3: Yeah. I mean, fans, I mean, let's be honest. We all have expectations of easy wins these first few games. You play the name game. You're you're sometimes wrong about that, but I think, Chuck, you're right. The number I'm going to look at on the box score first beyond just did you win or lose is that turnover number. Can can that number come down to somewhere – you know, like twelve nine. or less. It like needs to be nine. nine, but I you know maybe nine is not realistic right now.
2: well i I, I also look at assists as a, uh, assists and made baskets. Are you sharing the ball? Um, I think that's always a always a number you look at too. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com.
5: Jeremy Pena was the guy that caught that final out. He was unbelievable last night. Had three hits, two RBIs, and the go-ahead homer. He's a rookie. And that situation on the road, knotted up at two games apiece, for him to do that for Houston's a big, big deal. I always think it's awesome when a young guy comes in in a situation, a championship situation, Super Bowl, World Series, NBA Finals, and... And shows out. Pena did last night. Yeah, I didn't get to see a ton of
3: this game, but uh, saw the last couple of innings. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought it would have been awesome if, if Philly could have come to the plate there in the ninth and extended the game or got a couple of hits. I am not rooting for the Astros by any way, shape, or form. And it doesn't feel real good to say you're rooting for the Phillies, but you are not much of a choice in this case. But, uh, um, but that was, it was a heck of a pitching performance last night, uh, you know, from Verlander. And it, what was his? I forget the stat. They said first win in eight outings or something in a in a He's been horrible. Yeah, it's been bad.
5: So It's it's weird. You think about how dominant he's been at times, especially the regular season, and then for him to flounder at several various occasions in the postseason has been odd. But yeah. happy for him. Happy that, uh, again, not necessarily for the Astros or Phillies. I don't – the first ever baseball game I went to was in Houston, so I have that kind of sentimental – background when it comes to the Astros but I, I know a lot of people are still frustrated especially the, in these neck of the woods with what they were doing to get some of these wins in the postseason so I don't begrudge anyone for cheering against them. I don't have an issue with Philly though what's your you say I can't cheer for Philly what's the issue with the Phillies? I mean if, if you were
3: if you're a national, an old school National League fan and Cardinal fan or a Braves fan and I grew up Kind of watching the kind of. That's all we watched when I was a kid was the Braves and the Cubs because they were on TV all the time. And just, you know, Phillies aren't your favorite, you know. Are they a, a, another I mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that grew up with, you know, with Skip Carey on WTBS in the 80s. You, you weren't born then, but, but that's what we did when I was, you know, six, seven, eight, ten years old and uh, went out to Fulton County Stadium, you know, went to the TP, all of it. Watch Dale Murphy swing and miss a ton of times and a few home runs along the way. I mean, you don't like the Phillies. I mean, that, that's where I'm, that's my background on it.
5: Gotcha. What else happened last night? You had the dunk contest. Uh, it really wasn't like a ton of info. Razorback basketball didn't put out like press release of who won. I have no idea who won this thing last night. The videos that I saw looked pretty cool. <laughs> so Trevin, Bra- Trevin Brazil drum- jumped over Jalen Graham at some point, which I thought was pretty neat. I think the women's basketball team had like a three-point contest, too. During this outing last night, that's what it looked like.
3: Yeah, they had their one and only exhibition game against UA Fort Smith the night before. Uh, say that had been Wednesday night, I guess, but uh, won that game handily. So, um, both of the, both of the regular seasons getting ready to start, and Monday night it, it cranks
5: up for real. So Chuck's schedule is busy next week. We talked about that. You think about he's got a basketball game Monday night, Musselman Live Tuesday, Sam Pittman Live Wednesday, basketball game Friday. And then you've got LSU oh, yeah. Saturday. Better rest the pipes. Yeah, sounds like it. Oh, what What do you do? Uh, you know, Hot tea and uh, and honey? Uh, what What do you do to make sure that uh, everything stays good up there? You can yeah. ask him the me- the method, uh, the thing that he follows. I don't know if he's drinking hottie toddies or what he's doing throughout the week. That doesn't seem like something <laughs> Chuck would do, but maybe there's a methodology that he follows strictly in a week like this where there's so many things that he has to be on air for, including three times a week with us Yeah, a um tomorrow busy day for all of
3: us 10 a.m for arkansas game day right here where you're listening now so we'll get you ready for your drive to the stadium uh ty and i'll be on at 10 a.m get you uh all caught up latest headlines maybe we'll know a little bit more about liberty's quarterback situation by then and uh, we'll take you right up to phil and gino and uh rick the whole crew from the stadium at noon and then chuck takes over at game time at three then Ruskin and Zach are back after the game with Hog Reaction for your drive home. So we got your game day covered tomorrow. Well, it's going to be a nasty night tonight. I imagine most people are going to, you know, all the high school football games have been moved either to last night, which was a bunch of them on the western side of the state. There's a handful possibly going to be played tonight, but most of uh, the games have were last night or will be Saturday at some point. There's a variety of game times. Uh, and I hate it for the people that have to choose between kids playing, and I've seen game times at noon and 3 and 5 and 7 and all kinds of things for, for Saturday. So some people's game days will be interrupted due to uh, high school football being rescheduled. So is the whole state just getting pissed on the next couple days? Do that? you not watch the news? Do you not pay attention to any of this?
5: No. It's not worth my time. You to know the tell weather? Me in the morning or I get on the... The app. Yeah,
3: we're getting ready to get like a major, severe line of storms move through about three o'clock today, four o'clock, depending on where you're at. It's going to start obviously on the uh, the western side and roll through, and by Saturday, man, we're going to get a lot of rain in the next almost oh, starting in about ten hours, and it's going to roll overnight and as long as roll it's, through the state.
5: As long as it's clear before kickoff, Fayetteville.